Amen. Take your copy of God's Word this evening and turn to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16 and verse 31. Proverbs 16, verse 31. Hear now the word of the living God. The silver-haired head is a crown of glory if it is found in the way of righteousness. This is the word of the living God, and we say together, thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. Let's pray. Living God, we ask that you would incline our hearts to hear. We pray that you would instruct us, redirect us if need be, counsel us, comfort us. We pray at the close of this Sabbath day, our hearts would be full and that as part of that fullness, your word this evening might be on our mind. And we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. This evening, brothers and sisters, I want us to consider a particular type of glory. There are various kinds of glory discussed in the text of Holy Scripture. For instance, there is the glory that we will one day be clothed in. We ourselves will be glorified, glorified bodies, reigning with Christ in the presence of God for all eternity. Of course, there is the kind of glory of one recognized as faithful to God. There are various glories spoken of. We can find in our sinful world types of glory that are false glory. When we glory in our sin, when we seek for people to glorify us instead of the living God, there are a variety of kinds of glories But I want to speak to you tonight from God's word about a particular type of glory, and that is silver-haired glory. Now, we live in a culture where if you turn on the television, if you were to scroll through the internet or any number of social media outlets, you may indeed find individuals desiring to remove their silver hair. But very few individuals in our time will speak of wanting to have silver hair. Of course, when we say silver hair, it is the hair of one who is older or moving in that direction. But is there really a glory in gray hair? Is there a glory with age? In some ways, the scripture would encourage us to see it, that there is a type of silver-haired glory. Look at our text. The silver-haired head is a crown of glory. There it is. But notice there is some discussion. Often as the case in Proverbs, there are two lines. The second line helps us to understand further what is mentioned in the first line. The silver-haired head is a crown of glory if... It is found in the way of righteousness. Some translations render it this way. The silver-haired head is a crown of glory. It is found in the way of righteousness. Against all of the culture, against all of the beauty, 
products aimed at making us look younger, are we actually to believe, swimming upstream against the culture, that silver hair is actually a glory? Well, let's look at this passage this evening. I've broken us down this evening into three simple phrases from God's word from Proverbs 16, verse 31. The first thing that I think that the word of God teaches us in this text is the recognition of the older ones. The recognition of the older ones. Notice what the text says. The silver-haired head is a crown of glory. Now this is not about literal hair color, and indeed it is possible. Some of us can evidence that gray hair or silver hair may come earlier in life than later in life. This isn't about literal hair color, but it's using a human physical characteristic that is common to many to describe a particular situation. A life lived long. But as we'll see in a moment, a life lived long and well. The text would have us to see that there is a recognition of the older ones. The silver-haired head is a crown of glory. In very few instances in the scripture is something described as a crown of glory. Boys and girls, what do crowns do? They show off a kind of glory or a kind of power or a kind of majesty. They highlight a kind of beauty. Here, God's word said there's something of glory, of beauty, of honor in older individuals whose lives have been lived in a particular way. So no, this is not about literal hair color, but it's about age. It's about an experience of one who has lived well. Now this is not the only passage of scripture where individuals who are older by age are mentioned as recognized. Turn to Leviticus chapter 19. Leviticus chapter 19, there In the midst of the law of God, we read these words, Leviticus 19, verse 32. We'll pick up a few verses earlier just to get the flavor of what's being described here. Verse 26 and following, certain types of food. Verse 29, not giving one's child to prostitution. Verse 30, keeping the Sabbath. Look at verse 32. You shall rise before the gray-headed and honor the presence of an old man and fear your God. I am the Lord. Now here in the midst of this discussion of laws within God's old covenant people who were not only a people of God but were a nation, there is the discussion that in this old covenant system and in this old covenant nation, there is to be a respect for those who have lived long. And it's to be done out of the fear of God. Of course, in Leviticus 19, you'll see a common refrain. Something is said, something is commanded, and then God's name is attached to it. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I am the Lord your God. No, our text this evening is not the only place where there is a discussion of the recognition of the older ones. 
Brothers and sisters, let me just submit to you that in a world full of hair dye, in a world full of trying to be younger, in a world full of fear of growing older, the scripture actually presses us into a different kind of posture. A posture wherein a type of glory is recognized. Recognition of the glory of one who has lived well before the Lord and who's done so through many years. Do we recognize in our lives the glory of a long life lived well before the Lord? There is a recognition in the scripture of the older one. It's a silver-haired glory. But secondly, in our text, I want us to see not only the recognition of older ones, but instruction to the older ones. Notice what the second part of the text says. The text is not simply saying that if you make it to a certain age, period, there's a glory there. Notice what it says. The silver-haired head is a crown of glory if it is found in the way of righteousness. Again, other translations would say this crown of glory is found in the way of righteousness. Notice the instruction. We've seen the recognition, but notice the instruction. If it is found in the way of righteousness. There's a caveat. Of course, every individual is a sinner in need of a savior. There are individuals who live long lives. Some of those individuals live wicked lives. And there is no glory in living a long life wickedly before the triune God. No, the kind of silver-haired glory that is spoken of here is one of a life lived long and well before the Lord God. So instruction is given. Find your path in the way of righteousness. There's a glory for us to recognize, particularly when we see that one has lived a long life well before God. A couple of passages of Scripture turn over to Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, verses 1 and 2. Proverbs 3, verses 1 and 2. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Instruction given to each of us should we live long lives is that our lives are to be found in the way of righteousness. Of course, being clothed in the righteous robes of Christ's record, but also living according to God's way and God's rule. And one who lives in this way before the living God has this kind of glory. Now, boys and girls, teenagers, I don't know if you've spent much time around people who are much older than you. The culture around you will increasingly tell you that that is of no real value to you. Of course, by and large, you're not going to hear those words literally, but the way that our world works, at least in our culture, age is considered something to not really talk about, to to hide, to kind of avoid. There are those of us who are starting to feel a little bit older. Maybe you are like me and you were running around yesterday here in the field and You were very quickly reminded that you are not as young as you used to be. 
And we almost joke about that in such a way that it's a bad thing to get older. And yet the word of God says that the silver-haired head, the gray-haired head is a crown of glory if it is found in the way of righteousness. The glory is not in making it a certain number of years, but in living a faithful life in the way of righteousness for many years. This, the scripture says, contains a kind of glory. The world will glorify youth. The world will glorify inexperience. The world will glorify looking fresh and young. Getting surgeries so that you increasingly look like you are still in your 20s or 30s. This is the world's glory. But the scripture speaks to a silver-haired kind of glory. But notice again the instruction if it is found in the way of righteousness. The Puritan Matthew Henry wrote these words on this text. It ought to be the great care of old people to be found in the way of righteousness, the way of religion and serious godliness. Both God and man will look for them in that way. It will be expected that those that are old should be good, that the multitude of their years should teach them the best wisdom. Let them therefore be found in that way. I don't want to get ahead of myself because this will be one of the points of application, but if you are here and you've walked in the way of righteousness and your decades are more than most in this place, there is a glory about you that the church needs. There's a glory about you All praise be to the name of God, but there is a silver-haired glory about you that the church of Christ needs. For the word of God itself recognizes the crown of glory that is old age lived well. The word of God gives instruction particularly to the older ones if it is found in the way of righteousness. Well, what is the way of righteousness? As mentioned previously, it is to know Christ. It is to have forgiveness of sins, to have Christ's record in place of your own, by faith to know the living God through his Son whom he sent for you. But it is to live according to God's law. It is to be like David. I love your law. It is my meditation day and night. It is, as Peter would say in Second Peter, to be a life where you are increasingly, even if slowly, adding qualities to your faith. It is a life where by the Spirit's grace you have fruit such as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The silver-haired head is a crown of glory if it is found in the way of righteousness. So in our text we see the recognition of the older ones and we see the instruction to the older ones. But thirdly, I think that we can see by implication the benefit of the older ones. The benefit of the older ones. Notice this text assumes two things. Number one, that we're following in the ways of God. And number two, there's experience in doing it. There's, there's time Don't know if you've recognized, but age means you've lived for a while. 
So just looking at the text itself, there's the assumption that there are, is the following of the ways of God and much experience in doing it. This sounds like the first chapter of the book of Proverbs, doesn't it? Wherein the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Therefore, as we look at this text, by implication, there's a glory here. And so we see that we benefit from the lives of saints who've lived long before the Lord. Have you considered that, brothers and sisters? Have you considered in the world of youth that there's benefit that you receive from knowing older saints who've walked in the ways of righteousness? We need their lives. One such place that we may find that, of course, is Titus chapter 2. Turn there with me for just a moment. Titus chapter 2. There we receive some particular instruction, don't we? As you're turning there, Titus 2 is often batted around on the lips of younger individuals as that passage of Scripture that they see lacking in their own local church. It's often a text sometimes that people discuss when they feel like the church is not meeting their needs. But I would submit to you that Titus 2 is an example of the opportunity that the church has to benefit from individuals. Look there, Titus chapter 2, verse 2, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. The older women, likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. That they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children. Let me just stop here. I don't mean to turn this into a sermon about Titus 2, but notice what it is that the older women are teaching the younger women to do. There's very practical theology here. They admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, to be chaste. Would that the church of Jesus Christ in the 21st century have a bunch of silver-haired glory so that younger women hear things like, my daughter, you need to be discreet. You need to close your mouth. Is that what the older women are teaching the younger women in the church of Christ in the 21st century? To be chaste. Here's a one that's not popular. Homemakers. Good. Obedient to their husbands. That the word of God may not be blasphemed. Now later in the text, younger men are exhorted. But here we see one particular example of the kind of way in which the silver-haired glory one can benefit the church of Jesus Christ. See, the benefit of the older one amongst us is that their lives are examples to us. Of course, we could look at passages of Scripture where, in the Word of God, someone's life is given as an example. Or there's the command to study the lives of those who are examples. 
just would submit to you this evening that Titus 2 is one particular example where older men and older women, and sometimes this might be older in the faith. We have to be careful assigning a particular age to this. But in general, older men and older women have a job to do. They benefit the body. Listen, those of you or those of us depending on how you break it down, who have years walking before the Lord, aren't to be walking around pridefully telling everyone else who appears to be younger than us what to do. But there is a glory that the wisdom literature of God says rests upon the heads of those who've lived five, six, seven, eight, nine decades. And I fear that many churches of Jesus Christ are starved today because that glory is not visible. Sometimes because the older one might be shirking responsibility. But in many cases, in many cases, because the younger ones want to shield it with the clear-all of our day. There's a benefit There's a benefit for the church of Christ. So, as we look at our text this evening, the word of God says this, the silver-haired head is a crown of glory if it is found in the way of righteousness. We see the recognition of the older one. We see instruction to the older one. Listen, if you've walked with the Lord for many years, that is good. But whatever your path has been, there's a command to you to heed The way of righteousness. But by implication, there's a benefit. The scripture highlights something good for us to see. And we will benefit from it. A few words of application as we close. We've seen three points coming from the text. Here are just several ways to think about this passage of Scripture. You're reading it in your morning Bible reading where you show up for a Lord's Day evening worship service and the preacher is preaching one verse from Proverbs 16.31 about the gray-haired or silver-haired one. What are you to do with this text? Well, here's a few points of application. Number one. Be careful wanting to throw off the previous generation because of its faults. Be careful wanting to throw off the previous generation because of its faults. Listen, there is a pride that can come into view even when the eyes of observation are clear. Here's what I mean. Maybe you're of this generation and you see that There has been a pattern in a previous generation, perhaps specifically in the church of Jesus Christ. You may say, well, this particular generation didn't do these things. Let me give you a very specific example. There is a growing number of churches. I should say there are a growing number of churches. Reformed churches. Churches that glory in the glory of God. There are more Reformed Presbyterian and Baptist churches than there were a generation ago. And it would be very, very possible for many of us to say, we as this generation want to recover what the last generation didn't do. 
And that may not be bad as an observation until pridefully we say we're going to shut off the crown of glory that they offer. Be careful wanting to throw off the previous generation because of its faults. Because if we heed the words of Scripture and we seek to live in the way of righteousness, we will soon be, many of us, should the Lord tarry and he gives us heartbeats, many of us will be the next silver-haired generation and our faults will be on display. Be careful. Wanting to throw off the older ones. But here's a more general point of application. The text says there's a glory in a life long lived before the Lord. So we must be careful despising old age. Here's how we despise old age. A couple of categories of despising it. We make fun of it. Of course, I'm not talking about the simple jovial kinds of discussions that people can have. I'm I'm talking about the cynicism that sets in. We despise old age. We think that we don't need the elderly. We think that really people of our own generation are those that are going to help us the most. Be careful despising old age with cynicism, but be careful despising old age with fear. If we were to survey the average Christian in America and we were to give them a list, what are some things that you fear? And one of the things on that list were to be old age. I don't have the statistical data right now to prove it, but I can almost guarantee many people would check at least one, two, or three of their top fears getting old. And yet in some sense, The scripture has before us, holds before us, the reality that there is a kind of glory in living long before the Lord. So we should be careful wanting to throw off the previous generation, but we should be careful despising old age in our hearts or with our lips. One other particular way of thinking about this The silver-haired head is a crown of glory. There's something beautiful about it. Therefore, it benefits us. There's something to recognize in it. Of course, the qualification again, if it is found in the way of righteousness. How many of us believe, really believe, that there may be saints who might not have read all of the theological books that we've read. They may not know all of the names of the Reformed theologians currently being translated into English. But what they do know is a life lived long. They may not be able to tell you all of the systematic theological themes that this Presbyterian or this Dutch theologian could teach us, but they may be able to tell us of the time in which they lost a loved one, in which their child or grandchild was taken from them, of what it was like to live in periods of time that we know not of. They have the ability, they are books for us to read, to speak 
of what it's like to see Christ carry them all the way through. See, that's something that younger people don't have. Younger people, however you define it, through no fault of their own, often, don't have the ability to say, I have seen Christ carry me through six decades. But the silver-haired one can. They are books which, under the word of God, preach Christ to us. Find them. Speak to them. Keep in mind that our goal is not to say, they don't come to me. Our goal is to say, let me go to them. Be careful wanting to throw off the previous generation. Be careful despising old age. But if the text of Scripture is true and there is a glory of a life long lived in the way of righteousness, then we ought to be careful over glorifying youth. This is what the world does. The world over glorifies youth. There is a strength, isn't there, in the young one. There is an energy, a vitality in the young one, isn't there? But there's a glory, a particular kind of glory in the older one. Again, it's been said already, but we do live in a culture where youth is what we glory in. Seeking to hide the fact that we are getting older, because the world says youth is what we're after. Being given advertisement after advertisement that preaches to us day in and day out that youth is the goal. That the fountain of youth, which will never be found, is still in our grasp. And yet, in the proverbial wisdom of the writer of old, we read these words. The silver-haired head is a crown of glory. If it is found in the way of righteousness. Now, before we close, let me say this. This passage of Scripture doesn't mention the name Jesus. Nowhere is the cross mentioned, the empty tomb, the ascension of our Lord. Nowhere is it mentioned. But I want you to think on Christ from this passage for just a moment. Notice what it says. The silver-haired head is a crown of glory, meaning the person who is older meaning the person who is indeed closer to death. The silver-haired head is a crown of glory if it is found in the way of righteousness. Now this text is absolutely true as a principle of wisdom because of Christ. Because if the living Christ had not died for sins and had not been raised, then all that a silver-haired head would mean is that you are closer to a grave which will hold you forever. And if Christ had not come and upheld God's perfect moral law in the stead of sinners, there would not really be a way of righteousness. And so youth would be the glory. Live it up. Have your strength. There is no righteousness. You do you. But Christ and what he's done has demonstrated the righteousness of God. And the one who walks before God in Christ is one who, in most cases, will taste of the precious glory 
of being with Christ sooner than the rest of us. You see, we need not fear age, brothers and sisters, because Christ will be with us. We need not fear the grave, brothers and sisters, because Christ has come. He's lived a perfect life. He's laid down his life as a substitute for sinners. His blood covers their sins if they're united to him by faith. And thus, the journey of one who's walked with him for decades is one that displays a kind of glory because it displays his righteous work in their life. There is no glory in a number of years. There is a glory in a number of years lived clothed in the righteousness of Christ, looking like him, fighting sin with the power of the Holy Spirit, being an example, making mistakes and repenting. There is a glory here for us to see. Oh, that we would sometimes, sometimes put down our other books, not the Bible, our other books, and get close to the living book in front of us of a saint who knows the way of Christ. Have you ever thought to yourself, I'm wrestling with this sin. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with impatience. I need to find a book. Let me go to our library. Let me find a book on struggling with impatience. Struggling with anger. Struggling with this, struggling with that. We're right to do that, by the way. But if we ever considered, let me find a living book who is crowned with a kind of glory. And I have had the opportunity from afar to watch that one. They've walked with Christ for a period of time. And their life is like a book to me. I don't know how, but as I'm sitting in my midweek group, I'm listening to that person share, and I think to myself, I want to look like that when I'm that age. Do you know what you're saying in that moment? There's a glory there. There's a type of crown there. Because that one has walked with Christ. And maybe that's the book, in addition to the word of God, that would be helpful to me as I think about impatience with my children. Anxiety, doubt, fear. If you've lived any period of time, you can look back on your life and you can see areas where you almost blush. You almost shudder to think about how you thought about things 20 years ago. Some of us in this room can say that about how we lived last year. (laughs) This text isn't calling elderly people, the older ones, to be prideful. But imagine being able to walk with Christ closely in the way of righteousness for 50 or 60 years. Imagine the kinds of insights that you will have as you look back on your life and say, I thought this, but it wasn't so. No, brothers and sisters, this text, particularly for those who are in their youthful years of walking with Christ, this text gives us a reminder that there is a kind of crown of glory. 
in a life lived long and well before the Lord. And our culture will want to cover that crown with all of the dyes of its age, with all the marketing and advertisement ploys. Cover it up! Cover it up! It's of no value! And the Word of God, long before all of the advertisers, would say to us, if it's according to Christ and his way, there is great, great glory in the silver-haired head. Oh, that we would get close to those books for the glory of Christ in our time. Let's pray. Living God, we ask that you would make the mind of Christ in this passage our mind. Help us to push against the stream and the grain of our culture, which seems to glory in youth and in experience so often. Help us see the weight of a text like this for those in the room who are of older years. Help us to see the weight in this text for those in the room who are of younger years. We pray, O Lord, that the church here, the churches gathered all across this country and this globe even, would increasingly benefit from the experience of the silver-haired-headed ones. We pray, O Lord, that you would work in our hearts in such a way that we would be reoriented when we think of old age. That even amidst the aches and pains and the challenges that come with living multiple decades, that we would see the kind of glory that the text points us to. All for the glory of Christ and the good of his church. We pray this in his name. Amen.